Vineyard Westside welcomes everyone. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. Come as you are, because we believe that love wins, period. Thank you. Well, hi everyone, I'm Nathan. Um, I am stepping in for Ryan today, like they said, very last minute. Um, my day job here on Sundays is teaching junior high and high school. So my wife, Kirby, brought them all in up there. So they're all hanging out up there. And Ted's up there with them too, all this. So, um, so we, were, we were in the midst of a, of a discussion about some different things. And so uh, Denise came in and said, Ryan's sick. And I kind of had a feeling because I talked to Ryan right before service. And he was like, I'm not feeling good. And I'm like, OK, well, you know. And so Denise came in, and I wasn't super surprised. And I was like, OK, this is going to be good. We're going to work on this. We're going to figure it out. So one thing I think is really cool, though, is the, the blessing for you all in all of this is you got to spend 45 minutes with music and worship today. So that's kind of cool, right? Um, so you always got to look for the bright side on that kind of stuff. Uh, one of the things I always tell everybody, too, um, when we're having meetings and stuff, is that, look, you know, for me, I've always got something ready to talk about, right? So I have read tons of stuff, I've learned tons of stuff, and I, one of the things I always say too is, God has ready-made lessons for us in the Bible, so if you are ever struggling to give a lesson, just find a parable, because it's already there, right? There's a story, there's interesting things, and then sometimes Jesus tells you what it means. But we're not gonna talk about that today. Uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about what's next, right? So when you look at the Bible, Think about it like the seasons of a TV show. This is what we were talking about with the, with the students today. So you look through the Old Testament, right? You have all kinds of different things happen, right? Season one. So you're introducing the characters, introducing the storyline, what's happening, right? So the whole purpose of the Old Testament is to give us the history of what's going on and really pointing to Jesus, right? Because if you look, kind of the, the, the climax of the story, right, is when Jesus dies and raises from the dead. We talked about that last week. So what happens before that? What's the prequel look like? The prequel looks like going, okay, what, what's this guy? Who's coming? What's he supposed to look like? What's he supposed to do? What's supposed to happen? And so you spend all the Old Testament doing that. You learn about all the history. And if you are ever interested in a TV show or a movie or anything like that, I know like if you look at Star Wars or Lord of the Rings, there's so much out there but it all points to one thing, right? So in Lord of the Rings, we were talking about it. If you've seen it, the whole purpose of that story is Frodo. He gets a ring, and the whole purpose the whole time is to get to Mount Doom and destroy the ring. That's all he's trying to do, but then what happens in between is really where we get that, like, oh, this is great. And so in the Bible, that's what the Old Testament is at the beginning, right? It talks you through what's going on, what's the history, who are all these people, and what is the point of what they're doing. So then... There's a period of time, I'm not exactly sure how long it is, between the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's a few hundred years, for sure, where some other things happen that we don't really see and don't really know about, right? 400 years, perfect. I was guessing seven or 800 earlier today with the kids, but I'm glad somebody knows. Thank you for supporting me there. So there we go, 400 years, right? We don't hear a lot about what happens there. There are some histories out there that talk about what happens. There's like revolutions and wars and all kinds of things that happen there too, but we don't really see a lot of that. So season two is kind of a lost season, right? It happened, we don't really read about it a lot, don't hear it. But then we get into season three, right? Season three is Jesus. It's, he's born, goes through his ministry, goes to the cross, dies, raised from the dead, 
And then that's a lot of times where we stop, right? We've got the finale. We know what happened. You know, we win. But then what happens after that? And I think a lot of times we miss what happens after Jesus rises from the dead. We sometimes talk a little bit about like, oh, well, the disciples did this, they did that. And then we skip really right into the letters that Paul writes. We talk about stuff that happens in 1st and 2nd Corinthians and Galatians, and we learn things from them there in those letters he wrote, but we don't talk about the happenings and what that means. And I think it's really important to see what happens after that. Because if you, when you watch a movie, right, you get to the climax of the movie, right? The big thing you're waiting for the whole time happens. And then there is some time you spend in a story going, so what happens to all these people afterwards? I know sometimes in the credits of movies, it'll be like, hey, so-and-so was a pro baseball player, or so-and-so became an engineer and they did this for 100 years, or whatever, you know? Those things happen, but we don't talk about that in church often. So what I wanna really hit today is two things. What did Jesus tell his disciples to do after he left? And then where do we go from here? So I've got this very high-tech notes today. Um, so we're going to go first to Matthew 28, 16. Okay? So what's going on here is a little bit of a, I guess in the period of time we're in, Jesus has been resurrected, he's appeared to the disciples, he's talked to them, has understood what's going on, and then here is the last thing Jesus tells his disciples to do, right? And so I want you to think about this too, as in like, if you ever ask somebody, what were their last words, right? Are last words important? Absolutely, right? We see so many times in history where famous people have died, or kings, or great leaders, we focus on what were their last words. Because if you have a chance to tell somebody your last words, you're gonna make that count, right? And so I think we really want to think about what Jesus says here as Jesus' last physical words on earth to us and understand how important that is because that's a big deal. So it says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore... Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded to you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So Jesus is saying, we spent all this time learning, getting together. I've taken the 12 of you. We've stayed together. We've learned all this stuff. Now it's your job to go out and tell other people about this. It's your job to go and help other people understand what we're doing here. And so he doesn't just tell them, go to Israel and talk to the Israelites, right? Because that's what he could have said, because that's where they stayed most of the time in Jesus' ministry. They were in Israel, in that kingdom. No, he said, go everywhere. And so then we flip from there, right? And we go into Acts. Acts is a book that talks about what happens with the disciples after Jesus is gone. What do they do there? And so I'm going to flip over to that again. My fancy notes here. This is those, those message notes things are good for sometimes as bookmarks. So the beginning of Acts. We're going to start right at Acts 1. It says, In my form, former book, 
Theophilus, I wrote all about Jesus and what he began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. So right here, right, you're seeing, this is Luke writing Acts. He's saying, Jesus was taken up to heaven after he gave the instructions. The instructions are what we just read. And it turned a page. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, and in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After this, he said, After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid them from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand there looking in the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. So, this is the time when Jesus' physical body goes to heaven, and Jesus is physically not here anymore, right? So the disciples have got their instructions. They're supposed to go everywhere. They're supposed to teach after they get the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That comes at Pentecost just a little bit later. I'm not going to read a ton of that. Uh, That's a very much larger conversation we have time for. But what I want you to understand is if if you get into your Bible and you look at the headings, right, we don't just read the headings when we read the Bible, but I think this is a good exercise to do when you look through Acts. Look through Acts and see where the disciples went. Because you look at these headings, they go to Greece, they go to Macedonia, they go to Malta, they go to Syria, they go to Ethiopia, right? They are going everywhere. They go to Rome, right? They go everywhere around the area, and that is their job. Their job from Jesus was, hey, you guys have been together, it's time for you all to go somewhere else and do something different. So they all kind of split up at that point. Did the disciples have lives that ended well? No. For the most part, they did not. Most of them suffered very similar fate to Jesus. Some worse, some not as bad, but most of them did not die of natural causes. They were executed by Rome. They were killed by the places they were. It was not like a super happy thing for them. I know one of them was crucified upside down, which if you can think about getting crucified right side up, that seems bad enough, but when they turn you upside down, I would think that would be much worse. So, but they did their job. When you read through Acts, all those places they went, all the things that they did, they were committed to what Jesus had for them to do. He said, go and make disciples of all nations. There are parts in Acts that you read, I believe it's Acts 15, where they have a big conversation about Jews and Gentiles and what you're allowed to do, what you're allowed to eat, and what you're not allowed to eat. Okay? So Jewish people were not allowed to eat pork. They weren't allowed to eat certain animals, right? But the conversation there was, well, like, what's the point here? Why are we talking about this? Why is this such a big deal? And so then at that point in time, they said, hey, like, God gave us all these things. It's okay. We can all be together. We can work together. It's okay if you're a Jew. It's okay if you're a Gentile. It's okay if you're from 
Rome. It's okay if you're from Macedonia, if you're from Greece, if you're from Ethiopia. Everybody's welcome here. Because, again, previous to this time, if you look back at season one in the Old Testament, it was God gathering his people and bringing them all together, right? And then you get to the point where you get into the New Testament and Jesus died and is raised from the dead. He tells his people to go out, right? So he brings them in, gets them strong and solid, and sends them back out. I think that is a great picture of what we do here on Sundays, right? The church is more than Sunday, isn't it? The church on Sunday is kind of our Old Testament, right? We all come in together. We all believe. We all want the same things. We come in together and we learn together. We get stronger together. We grow together. And then the rest of the week, we go back out, right? And we go and we make disciples of all nations. We find people that don't believe the same things we do. We're an example. We talk to people about it. We talk to our friends about Jesus. That's our New Testament, right? And so I think when you really, really think about that, really think about what Jesus commanded us to do and what we do here on Sunday mornings, it makes sense, right? We are doing the same pattern and the same rhythm that God had in the Bible. You come together, you get strong, you go apart, you spread things out. You come back together and get strong, and you go apart, right? And I think it's so awesome to see that and to think about that in that way because I know a lot of people on Sundays are like, hey, well, yeah, I'm a Christian. I believe the same things you do, but you know, I just don't want to go to church or I would love to be at church online or I just want to be at home or I've got too many things going on. I think there's something you lose when you don't do that. And that's that time of coming together with other believers, being close to each other physically, talking to each other. I think through COVID, we've kind of learned that being around other people physically means something. We can't just be on a computer all day. That kind of stinks. Like, it's a blessing sometimes for work, not have to drive 45 minutes, but it's kind of nice also to see people in person sometimes. And so it's one of those things that we just learned. But I think it's, again, super, super important to think about what Jesus said at the end of his life to us, his life on earth, I should say. What did he want us to do, and how do we go from there, right? And so I'm going to read that passage again from the end of Matthew. Uh, and it's called The Great Commission. Uh, if nobody's ever heard that, it's about... You know, Jesus commissioning people to go out. Just like in the military when people get commissioned, right? They get their orders, they get where they're supposed to go, and they go, right? So this is Jesus' commission to us. So I'm going to read it again. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So there's a couple parts to that, right? You go and make disciples. You baptize those disciples. But also remember I'm here to support you. Jesus is always there to help us when we go out, right? You're never alone when you're in your out phase, right? Jesus is there with you. When we're here together, we're here together, right? So I think that's what I really want you to take away from today, right? Is we come here on Sundays... We're together, we learn, we get stronger, just like they did in the Old Testament, gathering all the Jewish people together. And then during the week, we go out. We're commissioned. We are here to spread the gospel. That's our job, right, as Christians. That's what we do. That's what Jesus told us to do, and so that's what we do. So um, we're at time, which is great. So I'm going to pray, and we'll head out of here. So, God, thank you for today. Uh, thank you for everything you do. Thank you for 
giving us a place that we can come together, allowing us to come together and get stronger together. Uh, I also thank you for the commission you've given us to go out and tell others about you. It's, it's very simple. It's difficult in practice, but you've made it simple for us and told us what we need to do. Uh, I pray for Ryan and his family that they uh, move past the sickness. I know a lot of us have had it, and it is terrible. Uh, I just pray for comfort and for rest for him. Uh, I pray for everybody else here that you also do not suffer any of that same fate, if you haven't already. Uh, keep us safe, keep us healthy, and help us enjoy the beautiful day you've given us. Amen. All right. We'll see you all next week. For more information about Vineyard Westside, please visit vineyardwestside.com.